You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and I'm really bad at recording intros. This is probably the 12th take that I've done, and let's hope that this is the last one, because I've got other stuff to do than record this damn intro. I'm really excited to be uh, bringing this episode to you. Rye Myers is an incredible conversation. His brain moves a mile a minute. So does, so does the way that he speaks. So you gotta, you gotta uh, pay attention. Uh, thank you to Broadway Podcast Network as always. Alan Dory, Patrick, you're all you're you're such an incredible team. Uh, B, you're all fabulous. Thank you uh, so much uh, for having me and letting me be a part of the Broadway Podcast Network family. Please follow on social media at Dear Multi Hyphenate. Or if you are really feeling in the giving spirit, please comment, rate, subscribe, do all that good stuff, you know, on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. I just wanted to give a shout out to Little Shop of Horrors Off-Broadway. I had such a fantastic time at that show. Uh, I mean... Conrad Ricamora, Tammy Blanchard, Tatiana Lofton, uh, Chris, Christian Borle. Everyone was so fabulous. I had such a brilliant, brilliant time. Uh, I highly recommend if if you want to see what I like to consider like time traveling theater, where you're sort of where you feel like you're watching the original production. Go see Little Shop of Horrors. You won't regret it. It's a blast and a half. Also, I got engaged, so I'm just gonna leave that there. I uh, got engaged to my partner, Remy Germanario, of eight years, and I'm pretty excited about it. Anyway, let's go on with the episode. Rye Myers is a talk show host, producer, and your Broadway and entertainment BFF. He is the founder of Rye Entertainment, LLC, and RyeTheNewsGuy.com, the latter of which he has run for over six years. Rye's infectious, energetic, and compassionate style to connect with people has landed him interviews with Oscar, Grammy, Emmy, and Tony Award winners and big names in the industry, including Nathan Lane, Billy Porter, Susan Stroman, George Takai, David Hyde Pierce, Laura Benanti, Matthew Broderick, and many others. Rye has produced and hosted numerous video interviews, behind-the-scenes segments, award show roundups, red carpet coverage, live events, and cabarets. Oh yeah, I gotta take a breath. Rye also works with other creatives in helping them interview celebrities, produce their dream projects, discover their passions, build their networks, and more. He is also the host and executive producer of Live with Rye and Friends on Broadway, the popular free Broadway-themed variety talk show at Bar 9 on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. I hope you enjoy this episode. Chat soon. Mwah! 
Hello, Rye Myers. Hello, Michael Kushner. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just so dandy and so happy to be here to see your beautiful face. I know. This is the second time you've been in my studio, which is great. It has. And the first time was for the beautiful headshots you did. And now to do this interview, I just love coming to to your studio. You use those pictures. You're getting good use out of them. You really are. Well, they turned out just so freaking phenomenal and, and I, as i said i mean every day i go through so I, which other three should i send him to get to get redone so before you know i'll have the, like an edited list of like 25 and i went i guess i keep rotating them out because they all look so wonderful they have so many purposes <laughs> i love it i it's i think you were one of those clients that i love where you come with a preconceived idea and then i go what if we did this instead or yes. what if we shot this and you go yeah let's do it let's try it out and look at all the uses you know that that you get to because the way that I shoot is very is very from behind the table. It's very yes. producery. It's very casting directory, and because pictures need right. to solve problems. Yes, and know? that's what I loved, and that was I guess one of the great things about the pictures that I Ned needed was it wasn't specifically, you know, oh that has to be for this role or that role. It was yeah. like it was the producery, hosty, yes. like behind the camera fun. You know, this is who I am. Shots, and they captured that beautifully each you know if you're a producer and you're coming in to the studio you it it you get to break away from certain things that actors have to uh pay attention to right um so there's more of a freedom but then actors have more of a freedom than the producer does because with producers you have to sort of um maintain this professionality but this approachability about yourself in the photos when actors can be more editorial or more um character based and you know in a headshot for an actor we need to see do you belong in the world of Maisel do you belong in the world of Wicked do you belong in the world of Come From Away and Ozark and things like that so but you did a great job you were so I think you were nervous and but you exploded in front of the lens and you're great well I was I I think everyone's nervous I was nervous because I wasn't I didn't know what to expect it was my first time in front of a camera like that in in four years since I gave up my modeling print days and uh (laughs) and uh so it was just you know I you know me and my head was like am I gonna look I knew I looked fabulous but in my head I'm like oh god I'm can't believe being photographed I look terrible and then you see the photos and you're like I look damn good everyone's their own worst critic of course (laughs) and retouching should never ever be you know it should never be like where you train I had one client call me that was like I'd love to get on the phone with you about edits and like I I do not like getting on the phone one yeah two I do not like getting on the phone like in regards to like business yes anyway so like (laughs) because i think anything can be handled with an email unless it is like a bigger thing right but if you have a question about edits or you have a question about whatever and your neuroses are just sort of getting in the way take a breath can this be answered on an email so this was an older person so i was like okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna get on the phone with him and literally the question was I don't think my eyes are edited and my under eyes are edited enough. And I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, it looks, I mean, it is pristine. It is flawless. It is looking. Basically they wanted me to take out the like under eyelid. And I was like, we're not doing that. Like we're not, we're not making you look like a Barbie doll. Right. Like it's not Vogue or like, you know, some sort of like, (laughs) even in Vogue, it's like, I think he genuinely wanted a removal of like the lower <laughs> eyelid and i was like oh and i had to talk him off a, a ledge being like it, you're not going to look 
like a human being. Right. The first yes. thing that people will see is like how edited this photo is, and that's not what you want in a photo. No, and that's important because it's in, in when you look at edits. I mean, even with when I looked at my edits, I was like, oh, you know, the normal, you know, what are the normal edits? And it was like, oh, yeah, please remove that, you know, little piece of hair that I had right yeah. here. Oh, I had that, you know, make it. But if you do it too much, and people do look at it and say, oh, that was really photoshopped or those are really edited. And I think no matter what industry, if people see that, it's kind of I think a little bit of a turnoff. They're like, oh. Oh my really, god! Like, it's all know. about representation, how yeah. we represent ourselves. Like, exactly. if you walk into the room and you're not the person in the photo, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I trust them because mm-hmm. it's like a little deception thing. I do think artists, you know, and and I think photographers are 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 a little more affordable price wise. Um, these days, especially because there's a lot more photographers and digital and things yes. like that, and a lot of upcoming photographers. I think that that artists need to get photographed at least once a year. I And I know that yeah. that is a, an expensive thing. It can be an expensive thing, but um, I think artists need to get in front of a camera or have professional style photos mm-hmm. uh, m- m- at least once a year because yeah. it's everything's just changing. everything it's, changes so constantly, fast. Right. I, I agree. I think you're right. You it's know? one of the reasons why I record so close to the release date of these episodes because it's like, so many things change in the industry. There's oh, a new gosh. thing every day, especially post, you know, COVID. Right, right. That like, you know, I, I like to have these conversations as close to the release date as possible. Yeah, exactly. You know. And look at it in, the, in a positive way. I mean, if you had your pictures done over COVID and maybe you weren't at the weight you wanted to be, but now you're, it's a year later and you're looking your best self, why not get more, another pictures? Exactly. <laughs> or if you like discover something about yourself, like exactly. I, I discovered over COVID, like I put on COVID weight, but I like it. And like, I need to get photos of myself looking a little more like on the thicker side because I feel more I I feel more grounded and I feel more of my age and I feel those things so it's like even on the opposite side of the spectrum it's like the self-discoveries that we've made I think whether or not it's physical or not the self-discoveries that you make as a person have Mm -hmm. to be represented in the photo so like if you decide if you discover you know if you discover a new style if you discover a new point of view if you discover a new, you have to have photos that match that point of view because a photograph is a representation a physical representation of of who you are of the type of artist that you are yeah. um and they have jobs they have to mm-hmm. complete they they complete uh they solve problems for actors mm-hmm. they solve casting director and director and producers problems for producers, they get you into certain rooms for meetings, and mm-hmm. uh, they they solve issues. But so, speaking of producer and speaking of solving issues, you are multi hyphenate. You took my I multi. Am. I think you're my first, second. So I'm your second group. No, no, no. You're my first multi hype student to come on my podcast. Oh, yes! Wow! Yes. So Rye took my class with Ashley Kate Adams and Kimberly Faye Greenberg, who are both guests on Dear Multi Hyphenate. Uh, you took our class called Multi Hyphenate, and it's and it's basically a Multi Hyphenate boot camp. Yes. It changed my life. So how how did it change your life? Tell us. Yes. Tell yes. us. So and we'll have to, uh, I have to say, in the brunt of us being locked down in July of 2020, I took this multi-hype course and, you know, I knew Ashley, Ashley Kate very well yeah. and, you know, had known Michael and Kimberly a little bit and I took this and it changed my life because it made me realize everything that I had had in my mind over these four or five months of what I wanted to do with my career and even over in that sort of last year, how I wanted to proceed. It was all right. It was okay to think like, hey, I want to 
host and you know do my talk show hosting but also produce but you know what i also enjoy sort of being behind the scenes too and understanding that you know even though sometimes i i tend to put the carpet for the horse having all of these ideas and being as what i learned was a multi-hyphenate is okay and it's you know the nobody can you know there is no rule book i think that was really big and after I finished that course, I mean, it was three days and there was about a four hour, I don't know, maybe it's changed since then, but it was about a four hour course each day. I left there and my mindset just changed. And not only did I get more inspired, I mean, it launched a whole hell of a lot of things for me, but it really made me look at things differently in this industry and realize that you can do it all. And, you know, if you put your mind to it, and as I said, you, Ashley Kate and Kim, Kimberly are work walk walking examples of that every Thank day you. It's yeah so true. you you were you were so great in that class and like i think the whole idea is just understanding like everyone like people that listen to this podcast people that i talk with in my workshops or wherever in the studio this business is up to you yeah. there is no there, there actually are no prerequisites no. like there are college programs but there are no prerequisites in this industry exactly um which is really inter- interesting, which yeah. is why all of a sudden, like, people that were on Wall Street for 20 years just join the industry yes. and have no artistic background. And it shows, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, you don't. OK. Right. And you, so there are no prerequisites. Any Joe Schmo can walk off the street and literally be like, I want to be a massive Broadway producer or a Broadway star I or be a, a producer. producer. <laughs> Actually, just quote. I just quoted uh, the producers earlier. I was in a meeting, and I, and it was like, you know, what's the what is the <laughs> main uh, lesson of the producers? You don't put your own money in the show. Nope, nope. You don't do that. No. And <laughs> and I learned. I learned that. Um, I had. I've had my own experiences with that. Anyway, yeah. so um, <laughs> but yeah, learning lesson. It is. It is. It is. This whole industry is a learning opportunity. But and it's very forgiving too, to an extent. I think in the sense that, uh, well, I want to say in the sense of if you can, it's forgiving in the sense of you know you can. There's if you make some mistake, a lot of these mistakes. If it's your first time, people understand. I think for the most part, in the sense of depending on what the mistake is, you know, I, I think it's it can be very forgiving if the you know the mistake you make is something that is you didn't know or was a learning lesson. I think it can be forgiving in it to an extent. That's interesting. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not oftentimes that I get to disagree with my guests. Yeah. I, I, cause I like that. No, no, I no, like, of course. Yeah. Because in my experience, I think with certain, I think you are right to yes. an extent. Absolutely. I think for projects that are, the stakes are lower. I think for like if you're doing a new web series or you're doing a you know I have this idea I want to do this but yes you can make mistakes absolutely right. but when there when there's when there's a lot at stake I think right. you know mistakes in this industry can be m- millions of look at Spider Man oh well yeah yes well of course you well, know no what no I mean? no and, and and I guess yeah I guess I should have rephrased because yes you know when it's stuff high stakes like that no of course not when you're dealing with millions of dollars but i guess i meant more on the creative aspect of sort of i don't want to say lower stuff but when you're dealing with more of a if you're experimenting or it's a new developmental yeah. thing or you're you know but yes when it's when it's something like so serious like that i agree it's you do have and you're dealing with other people and finances and time and everything and together yes but you know i think i more towards the beginning process of sort of i guess in that creative realm but yeah no i think right. but i only later with spider-man but i also think you bring up a really interesting point i think the industry actually could benefit from more forgiveness yes i think like because we're all learning and that was and i think that's the, the 
heart and soul of it. I mean, I think there's a, a time if you know better and you'd still do it and you, you know, but if there's stuff that you truly, you know, didn't know, and I'm not talking about basic, like, oh, I didn't mean to call him that name or I didn't mean to say it, but like things that like you did and, you know, you didn't work out or you didn't understand how that worked. And, you know, maybe it caused some sort of, you know, impact, whether that caused the project to not do well, mm-hmm. or it caused, you know, the outcome you didn't expect, but, you know, this is your first time doing it, or this is, you know, is you're new to this. Like I, I do feel that it can be, or at least I'm seeing hopefully, yeah, that it can be a little bit forgiving and understanding that, you know, as long as that I think comes from a true intention of, you know, what you, you know, the mistakes you've made or the things that you've learned were not intentional or were not to harm anyone. You know, it was, you didn't know where to go or you didn't have the right resources, you know, then the next time you have maybe that hand to hold that, mm-hmm. you know, so that mistake doesn't happen, but you're forgiven. Of course. And, and, you know, you might not ever work with those people again. That's true. And that's, you know, sort of the, um, I guess the, uh, consequence of it, but it doesn't mean like you're not going to work again. Those people, you just might not work with them in that, you know, I, I, I worked on a, uh, I worked on a a film Mm -hmm. and it was, it was a, bigger project and there were a lot of mistakes that were made oh yeah and and there were a lot and you know i'm still working with those people Mm -hmm. because the mistakes that were made were uh informative yes you know they were not only informative but Mm they you know fortunately we're at a place now where we can look back and go oh my god remember that blah 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 because we acknowledge them and we're moving forward, yes. but there are some collab. I think that's what I mean mostly is, is, and because yes, that is, you know, <clears> I, <throat> I, and I should preface that I'm not some, you know, everyone makes mistakes. I'm not vouching for people to make mistakes, but what you said is basically you summed it up perfectly in that sense where, you know, mistakes happen, but you can learn from it and you, yeah. you know, it sounds like you still work with those people. Or you're still community of course. with those people. Not everyone, not everyone, but, uh, but you learn, but you say, Oh God, remember that. But, you know, you hopefully now took what you, what happened and, you know, now you're even better moving forward. I think with, with mistakes though, and failure, Mm -hmm. you really learn who the other person is. So that actually, sometimes failure and mistakes is actually like more informative to who your people are. Yeah. You know, because then you really see who you're working with and the real people and how they handle high stakes and how Mm -hmm. they handle drama and how they handle problem solving because if if you're if you're you know uh if 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 you're build what did t altine say on on one of my episodes if you're building a plane while you're flying it you know the stakes are high how do people guide you through those times how do people solve are they mean to you or are they grounded and go, we could, and they come up with five different solutions. Like, exactly. what is it? Um, I so I think like it's that. informative. Yeah. I think, and, and so it opens up to forgiveness, but, but you know, then it's really informative and in going like, okay, I'm never working with that person again because yeah. I don't like how they treated me. Yeah. They crossed my boundaries and like, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, I think, yes. And I, think, I think if you can read that, if you know that going in, I would say if you're able to read your gut too, if that's something like you, if you take a meeting or a few times with the person and if you're in that position where you can either not necessarily back out of that project, but if you can be, if that, if it's there a way to not have be involved, I think that that's go with your gut too. If it's in the preliminary stages, if you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel or this person doesn't make me maybe feel the best or I'm not sure, you know, just 
anything, I think maybe, you know, if not everybody has that instinct, but if you do, I say, you know, go with it with, you know. Yeah. So you are currently working on this show. Um, And I think you're in a really cool position to talk about producing, especially in the early stages, because you had an idea Mm -hmm. and you started it and you're finding its footing, you're finding its its place in the industry. And I think the biggest question that I get from a lot of people are, how do you you start? Yes. How do you start? And I think you, having experienced this, it's – you have – very specific answers. I do. So talk to me about what you're working on. Why, which was a big question we did in my workshop, uh, why you are doing this and talk to us about how you're doing this too. Yes. Oh, the, oh, the good old why. Oh, the good. Boy, do you have to dig deep for that. And, but it changes (laughs) all the time. It does. It does. Well, yes. Uh, So, you know, I'm known as your Broadway and entertainment BFF and I, so this show that you reference is Live with Ryan Friends on Broadway. It's the new Broadway talk show in the heart of Hell's Kitchen. It's every Thursday night at Bar 9, which is 807 9th Avenue, between 53rd and 54th Street. If you know where 54 below is, if you just head on down to 9th Avenue, you can't miss it. And uh, I started the show because it was something that I had always sort of had in my mind in the fall of one of the positive things of multi-hype was, you know, after I finished that in the fall of 2020, I launched Live with Rye, which was sort of a digital at-home series and, you know, quarantine and everything. But I wanted to get my name out there more as a producer and as a host and wanted to be known more in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, to give a shout out to uh, Frank DeLella, who I met with him over the summer and we had a great chat and sort of, he pushed me and said like, you know, why don't you do this? And after some ruminating and coming up with ideas and chatting with some people in my network of, you know, that I work with, I was thought, you know what? I came up with this idea. Live with Rye was already something that I had or thought was cool. And I thought, well, let me add with friends on Broadway because right. it's a Broadway talk show. It's Broadway people, p- people in the industry, people off Broadway, if you're working towards Broadway. And so I pitched the idea to a few places and Bar 9 picked it up. And it's been some, since September 23rd. And I really started it because I wanted something that was accessible to people that's one of the things that i pride myself on with live with ryan friends on broadway is that there's no cover charges there's no minimums and there's no reservations and it's at 7 30 to 8 30 on thursdays and you can come out and just enjoy for that hour whether it's somebody that you know and love in the industry that has numerous broadway credits or it's somebody like michael kushner who is doing all of the amazing things behind the scenes and is known in the industry and you can learn from that or if it's somebody who's up and coming that mm-hmm you know, has just finished school or is sort of paving their way to Broadway and how they're maneuvering their life. And maybe you're watching as an audience member and you're still in school or you've just finished and you see that person on stage and you can really relate to that. And so it's a big community. And I really want people to be able to take away from that, that um, that they can see an up close and intimate portrait of the person they're seeing. It's there's live performances if i have a performer on there's you know interviews and the best part is there's a trivia segment which it was fun it was a lot of fun and you know i've stepped up the trivia game i have to say i'm thankfully i've been honored enough to get sponsors to come on the show in the sense that you know in exchange for me collaborating with them and providing content if they could provide the prizes for my trivia segment and it was and it was incredible you know last night's show was sponsored by playbill they Mm -hmm. gave out some exclusive fun playbill merch it's only available if you're like go to the playbill office and you're a celebrity Uh, so that was pretty cool and come from away reached out and gave me two pairs of tickets to give away to a show next week is the play that goes wrong and so i really you know you know in that producing hosting world i wanted to create something that was my own and 
sort of I ran with it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a learning game every day, every week, every hour. So uh, there's some great stuff that you have said, and I want to start with the beginning thing. You are yes. Broadway. You are your Broadway BFF. Yeah. How did you land on that? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And how? And what does it say about the type of audience that you want to cultivate? Well, I think it's. it's I came up with that through a lot of self exploration. Um, you know, I have to say it was working with my creative coach uh, Brett Shuford, mm-hmm. who uh, I've worked with for the last years, really has helped me on a one-on-one basis grow who I am as a brand personally. But I realized that I'm somebody that makes you feel good, that you hear what I have to say both from interview standpoint, news standpoint, review standpoint, and I give it to you as your BFF, it's as your best friend. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And in morphing that together, it became your, bro- your Broadway and entertainment BFF because everything you get from a best friend, that loving, that warmth, that mm-hmm. fun, that, you know, informative thing is what you get from me i'm your yeah. best friend it's amazing. You know, whether it's somebody that you know i've just met or i've known you for for years i am and, and that morphed into because broadway and entertainment but broadway especially is my love of mine that has morphed into your broadway and entertainment bff i love it i think Thank it's you. i think it's super accessible and like <laughs> it's you know it says exactly what it's like yeah you know so okay so then you know you're 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 talking about sponsorships Mm -hmm. and i think that's a huge thing that a lot of people don't know about like i get a uh people learn don't they don't know that grants exist you know and i think sponsorships is another thing so talk to me about sponsorships how has that helped you and how does one get a sponsorship set up for sure well it yes there's sponsorships and grants i will say uh for my show with the sponsorships and partnerships i've been working with they're, you know, and they're different for each place. For mine, they're not monetary related. Um, how I've set that up is I say the internet is a beautiful thing. I reached out to companies that I thought, you know, for instance, I wanted shows to sponsor me, right? And I said, well, who works on, you know, X Broadway show? And what is the, <clears throat> the marketing or advertising person for this yep. show? Is it, you know, Sereno Coin? Is it the Pico Group? Is it Situation? And then it was just an email. And I, you know, worked with people that get an email that was you know i tend to be a little bit long-winded and so i worked with someone to get a email that was direct and you know less than three less than three sentences and that said hey listen i do this talk show every week it's growing i have not only a big online base that watches that tunes in from all over the world but people that come out and see it in or in making this more accessible in celebrating broadway being back i do this trivia segment would you be open to providing prizes for maybe projects that you're working on that you want to get more eyes on or that you would like and you know and for some it's been a great it's i've heard from some there's others you know i'm still waiting to hear back from but it's been a but i have to say my biggest thing i would say is you just reach out and do it i didn't know that this existed i at first i was scared to do it because i thought are they gonna you know ask do i need to like put money up front is this something that like are they gonna and i didn't realize that if you have come into it with a collaboration Mm -hmm mindset a collaborative mindset of how can i serve you and you serve me and make this a collaborative process that people are willing and open to it i think especially now in this post lockdown world of things being um coming back and seeing especially the support that mm-hmm. the theater and broadway and the arts needs there's been a lot of openness to it and so i've you know reached out and just have had e- e- meetings and a few zoom meetings and it's sort of snowballed. A lot of companies that have been like, we have stuff coming up or stuff that's in the works. Let's let me reach out to you in a few weeks when we get 
X set up mm-hmm. or this show set up, and I think maybe we could arrange a ticket voucher for mm-hmm. your show, or we could arrange maybe some merch for your show. And uh, not only does it, I think, make the show more fun for people to come out, but it also helps that show. And each week, it says, you know, that show that the sh- my show, Live with Ryan Friends on Broadway, is sponsored by you know Playbill, by the play that goes wrong, by mm-hmm. you know Broadway Plus. So mm-hmm. I, in getting them, I say it's just it's a reach out, but also understanding the what you're asking for and being direct with it and in that sense as i said to not to have that person that can edit you so you're not sending a five paragraph email for Mm -hmm. something that could be three sentences of course you know just like that answer yes i'm I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh no no i know (laughs) no you know i like to sass you you do i love it i love it so (laughs) i'm just kidding so uh you know that's great i mean i think the lesson in all of this the lesson in this i think the biggest thing about this industry is to always 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 reach out yes like i built my entire career on reaching out yeah just being like, hey, do you – can I do this? And then what are they going to do? Say no? Then you don't do it and you move on and you find another way to get in, in the exactly. – you know what I mean? It's use like – Use all the doors that you – use all the doors that you can, the front, the back, the side. If you yes. can get in from the one – You sound like me in college. And so <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because it's like it, people will say no. This industry is yes. – there is a lot of rejection in this industry. People say there's a lot of rejection. Like – you know, you know, your Uncle Jack and your Aunt Bev, like, they're like, you sure you want to be in theater? There's a lot of rejection. It's like, they don't actually know what the rejection is. They just think yeah. they get, like, thank you so much, Michael. Well, don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. Like, that's not what the rejection is. The rejection is being like, I would love to be in that room. How do I get in there? And whether or not that's a yes or a no. There's so many... There's so many opportunities in this industry. Mm-hmm. So when there are so many opportunities in the industry... There is equal or greater the rejection. Yes. But just as there are so many opportunities in this industry, there's not many opportunities. There's so many in- opportunities in industry in the industry for like um, uh, for influencers and for right. um, creators. Like with yeah. me alone, like I have my podcast and the dressing room project and this and that. And there's a lot of different ways that I can get into different rooms. Exactly. But for someone that just identifies as an actor or one one proficiency, the opportunities aren't as great usually. And it's so funny. It's like I was just thinking it's like my friend booked a Broadway show, but he's a certain track where he was hired just for COVID Mm -hmm. to stand by basically and is like, we'll call you. But that is – like he is waiting to make his Broadway debut. It is one person. He is between him and a Broadway debut. One. One person. That's wild. It is. There's – Wow. That's – there. It's not five, six opportunities. It's not ten. It's one person that is sitting behind him in that Broadway debut. Mm -hmm. And that's what many of us are up against unless you multi-hyphenate and you – create these opportunities and you you know knock down doors and all those things which is what you have to i think have to do now in today's era is there's i don't not that there isn't room to have one proficiency there is but if you can do it very well but i think having multi being a multi-hyphen having multiple proficiencies is i think the only way to get you know more in the door because once one thing happens as as you've seen as a multi-hyphenate 
every then after that the doors just roll open and you know so true um we're going to take a break and as soon as we are back from hearing from our sponsors we're going to continue this conversation sounds good and we're back (laughs) hello hello so great to see you again nice little break yes nice little pee break just (laughs) kidding we literally looked at each other's eyes for maybe 0.7 seconds and then continue to talk again um but that's the magic of editing yes love it um speaking of getting into rooms i got this really crazy cool email that i was like okay i got an email from the creative team of uh of paradise square which oh, is wow. coming out yes. on Broadway yes, I can't at wait. the Barrymore. And they basically were like, do you want to come watch a rehearsal? And I was like, yeah, hundred percent. And then I, and then because I like creating opportunities, I was like, can I bring my camera and photograph snap pictures? Like, wow. yeah. could this be a photo opportunity? And they were like, yes. And got it approved and everything. And I was in the room and I got to watch, I was only there for 30 minutes because I, I was in between clients and I really tried to make it happen. But I was only there for 30 minutes. I got to watch 30 minutes of their first run through, which was really cool. And when they started, they were like, all right, everyone, we're back. We're going to do this run through. We have and then they did. We have Michael Kushner in the room today. And I was just like. There's no reason why you need to introduce me. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, I can't believe it was. Like, I was, like, I was, like, the most, it was, like, a really emotional experience. Like, I was genuinely, like, I was, like, yeah, hi, everyone. (laughs) Like, it was, like, it it was, and I was the only person there. They basically, like, sat me next to the executive producer and, like, were, like, have fun, enjoy watching and, like, feel free to take pictures. And it was, like, so cool and, like, so, I felt so a part of the magic. Not to mention, the show was going to be so good. The opening number was amazing i literally was riveted and it's a really cool story uh about the five points during the civil war and i can't wait to because i'm also going to go to the final dress i cannot wait to see it the music is incredible the staging was amazing what i saw of the performances are just already spellbinding and Mm -hmm. it's it was just amazing to be in that room and i can't wait to see it when it's at the barrymore in a few weeks i can't either that's great to hear because i'm actually i'm seeing it on the 18th yeah fierce i cannot wait and i've I've heard this a lot of that same stuff but even more hearing that from you makes me even more excited to see it i'm i think it's going to be a real i think it's one of those that people aren't not not expecting to be a hit but i think are going to be it's going to make that that's making that ripple now and i think that big wave is going to come and it's really gonna i think what's interesting is with like original musicals right Mm -hmm. like a music original original things have a harder time getting sort of traction i feel because we don't have anything to base it off of right when a revival or an adaptation comes everyone's already talking about it because we know the movie we know the books we know the this so we can't wait is oh my god how are they going to do this how are they going to do that how are they going to do that with an original musical we're sort of like all right i guess we'll see it when we see it yeah you know, so it's 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 hard, but uh, you know that experience of of being invited to this space, but also like bringing my camera is the type of work that you do as well. Is walking into a space and figuring out how to 
use the whole animal, right? Yes. How are you like? Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't I don't eat red meat or pork, and I don't condone hunting. But like when, you know, an animal is used for meat or whatever, I think the only way to justify it at all is when every ounce of the animal is used you know what i mean it's like when everything is used for something specific and has purpose yeah um and that's i think that's the only way to do it of course about it i think you know of course but i think that that is the industry too it's what when you walk into a room how much of it are you going to use yes like that room is your canvas Mm -hmm. how can you get involved you know, yeah. and that is our industry. It is. And I do think that we, and on that, <laughs> I do think that we also, forget, we also, I think, stress, because I do this and I've struggled with it. We stress ourselves out too often. We're afraid to go in that room or we're afraid to send that email to get into that room because yeah. we, 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 you know, it's our, our psychosis. I mean, it's in our, we're like, I mean, I still do it to this day. And, you know, it all, if you said it, all you have to, when you come to that, understanding of if i just send this email who knows what happens and you send that email and all of a sudden michael kushner's sitting in the theater with his camera and you know like i'm saying like what led to it, you know you all of a sudden an email sent and here you are and then look you michael kushner sitting in the theater to watch a rehearsal of paradise square and you're being introduced and you're sitting next to the executive producer like and you know you don't know and uh when that thing ha- when that happens i think no matter what door you're trying to get into and what you see happens from that you realize wow I think the next time around when you want to send that email again or you want to reach out to this person or you want to make yourself known, I think gives you that little bit of a push to do so. Because, like, look what happened last time. I got to meet this person or I got to have a, a coffee with this person and, you know, let's just keep doing it. And if they, you know, if the person says no or the place says no, okay, on to the next, you know? It's true. And, you know, you and that, that way you, you build the relationships mm-hmm. and you build the trust. And when you, mm-hmm. you know, when you start producing projects right or you have these opportunities now you can just email or text these people and be like hey do you want to do this with me and because they trust you and because they believe in you they're going to probably say yes yeah you know so it this industry is about longevity it's it's 90 percent relationship yeah and you know it's it it i don't want it to sound gatekeepery because i actually can't stand the gatekeeper um aspect of this industry which there is a oh big time large gatekeeper aspect in this yeah. industry and i have to agree with you 100 percent. it's yeah it's even like when you know when i first started using the word multi-hyphenate mm-hmm. i mean even when i started my question of photography people were like oh you're a photographer now yeah like gatekeeping my own experiences basically oh, yeah. telling me like you can't you can't do that because right. I don't approve of it. Exactly. And then it went from like, oh, like how's Michael Kushner photography going to mm-hmm. how's Michael Kushner photography going? It's like you're photographing some really cool people and your work is great. Yeah. It takes it takes a second and it takes real intention and and guts. It does. Kishkes to <laughs> yeah start something new. Yeah. When you when you started. Live with live with Ryan, live with Ryan friends. Yes, yep. live with Ryan friends on Broadway. Yep. When you <laughs> when you started live with Ryan friends, what were some of the demons that you were working through? Like, what did you? Was there anyone saying to you, like in your own mind, or even a person saying to you that you can't do this or you shouldn't do this or this is going to fail? Or 
I think the most person that was was saying it was in my mind, and right. I think I mean that's our enemy. Yeah, it was a lot of you know, you know, you can't do this. Who are you to do this? Right? You're you know you're you're not anyone. Right? You're yeah okay. You have a, a website, and yeah, you've interviewed mm-hmm. these people, but like, who are you to go to these like? bars and pitch this show and you know it's and there was yes there was a lot of that there was a lot of well what if this fails or you know if they say yes this place says yes and you know i always like what if tonight is the night that no one shows up right mm-hmm. and nobody comes and you know and and the bar is gonna you know and you do internalize it a lot i mean thankfully i sort of kept it on the dl from a lot of people that were not in my immediate circle because i'm somebody that like until it's sort of finalized i don't like to talk too much about things just because I feel like sometimes it's bad juju if you say something too soon and then it falls through and then it's like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, that's not happening. Right, of course. I think the biggest thing for me was my internal voice of like, okay, you know, this person said you could do this. You know, you had this great coffee and meeting with Frank. And he's like, yeah, go for it. But it's like, you know, in establishing a name for myself, I'm like, but I'm no one. Like I'm at, – at the time, you know, I'm, I'm you know, what am I? Like I'm going to just do this show and, you know, people are going to expect to come. And I don't – I know some, you know, people in the industry, but I don't know enough. And, you know, they're going to probably think I'm a fraud or they're going to think I'm, you know, oh, you're oh, a, a show. Oh, haha, you know, that's like – dismiss it. And it's like – and until you actually – it ends up happening until I stepped on that stage that mm-hmm. first night and saw that people came and saw that, you know, this happened. It was like – okay, wow, you know, this was internally and this was the voices internally telling you that, and I think it's a, I think that the voices were a mixture of things that have happened over my years of your lifetime. I think it's a combination of things that I've heard from people, but Mm -hmm. you know, that I took and that, you know, said, and then once it happened, it was like, wow, you know, I can do this. And, Mm -hmm. and every day it's a, you know, um, it's, it's that, it's sort of that same process. You know, you, I've been reaching out to, a specific person in the industry or a specific place it's like are they going to think that this is you know what if they don't think this is legit or what if they're just like oh yeah you're like talk show or like you know and you know i don't know that person very well to just like approach them after their show or to you know reach out to them on, on dms and what if they think i'm you know and so there's still that 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 stuff that goes into it but as i said once you're doing it and you get into that and you see the things that it becomes for instance even now with me seeing that now these sponsorships are coming about and collaborations it's like Wow, you know, mm-hmm. I had that in the, in me all along, and that those that stupid, you know, head that stupid voice in my head that was telling me that you know, I you could and that negative thoughts, you know, almost held me back. I think as producers that frequent the cabaret concert bar scene, mm-hmm. you know, that have done those types of shows in those settings, <clears throat> I think what was so weird is. When I would see a smaller house, I would feel apologetic about it, being like, I'm so yes. sorry we didn't, you know, that there's not. But chances are the people that have already performed, the the people that are performing that show have done a smaller crowd. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yes. And it's like, <laughs> it's so it's not as em- embarrassing. It's just, especially the people that do frequent the scenes, like, you know, I was just speaking with we I just had dinner with Paige Turner last night and yeah. who's a dear friend of me and Remy's and, and Matt, her her partner, and we were talking about like performing for small crowds and stuff like that. And Paige is a drag queen and has been a drag queen for quite a few years. And so she's had massive sold out crazy audiences yes. and then like five people. 
and they've seen it all. There are people that have seen it all, all shapes and sizes of audiences. Oh, yes. And that is just the world that we're in. It is. Just because five people sit in your audience one night doesn't mean you're a failure. No. But it means you give that best damn show to those five it's people true. because those five people are have come to see this or have come and whether they're new or returning, they're going to get the best damn show of their life. And, you know, whether it's drag or it's, you know, another show of sorts. And I think that that's – and you make such a good point because there is a lot of times – you know, there have been times, especially recently in the last few weeks with the Omicron spike and people were a little bit more hesitant to come out and, you know, so attendance would dip. And I would feel apologetic mm-hmm. to my guests, you know, that would come and there wouldn't be a lot of people. And I, in my head, you you sort of get that negativity again of like, they're going to think that this is like, nobody came. Like, what what is right. going on, you know? And you forget that, you know, they're used to that or it's not something, or like, they're not thinking that. And like, they're just here to have a good time. I mean, everyone says to me, you know, there's been a few people I've apologized and they're like, are you kidding me? I had a great time. This yeah. was awesome. Thank you for doing this. Like, what? And I'm like, okay. You know, and you're like, wait a second. This was... Um, you know, but I think I think to just real quick to piggyback when we were talking about gatekeeping earlier, I think that that also goes into that mindset of you can't do things because mm-hmm. in thinking even about that, you know, we get hard on ourselves. There's times where I'm like, you know, I, I do a show and maybe the turnout isn't good or the, the online turnout isn't good, and you, you we're seeing today, and I think it's getting better, but in the industry, you know, to get I feel to a certain level, whether of success or or, or what you classify success, a lot of these gatekeepers do say, well, what's your audience? What you're this? And, you know, you may have a, uh, you know, a raging audience sometimes. And then sometimes you don't, but because you don't have 60,000 followers, Mm -hmm. you know, they may be like, well, we're not really interested compared to somebody who maybe does have 60,000 followers, but maybe doesn't do what you do, but Mm -hmm. they're going based on. So I, I think it's, it's sort of all intertwining, you know, it's, um, it is, uh, but it's all for the memoir because it's it showbiz. Yes, it is all for the memoir, and also all for you know. As I want to just plug too, I also help and coach creatives with a lot of this too. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people that come to me and ask, you know, how have I done all this? How can I help? Sort of, how can I build? Whether it's my own website or reach out to this, not only just as a if you're a host or something, but in any industry. And so, you know, if they if somebody does want to learn more, I'm always happy to work one on one with them. I'm working with quite a few people right now because. To me, I want to be able to always give back to... Yeah, of course. You know, To me, it's very simple. It's like it's you have an idea and you just go for it. You just mm-hmm. ask. One of my favorite stories is the, fav- is the story of when I got... Uh, I stood on my first Broadway show. It was the first time I... Uh, I'm, not my first Broadway show. My first Broadway stage. It was the first time I got backstage and ended up on the stage standing there uh-huh. looking up at the audience. I, it was 2006, wedding singer at the Al Hirschfeld. Wow. I had been in New York City doing like one of my summer trips. I was a Florida boy. <laughs> and I was in Ameri- like an American Eagle shirt and like American Eagle plaid shorts and Crocs, maybe. Love it. And like, because I'm a mess. And um, I had gotten student rush for wedding singer back when it was like $20, $25. Wow. And... I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to, you know, what's up? And so I knocked on, I was like, I wonder if I can get backstage. I knocked on the stage door of the Al Hirschfeld Uh and this big, tall guy comes out and goes, yeah. And I was like, hi, I'm an out of town theater student from Florida. And I wanted to know if I can get backstage at the Al Hirschfeld. And he literally was like, okay. 
and took me backstage and just like showed me around the Al Hirschfeld and then brought me on stage and he was like you have a camera do you want a photo and I just like stood on zero on the set of Wedding Singer oh. like this just like with my arms out and that picture hangs in uh, my dad's house in Florida but oh my that was the first time and literally the lesson there is ask for what you want yeah. I wanted to see backstage the guy let me in and I was and I got to experience the magic of a Broadway show. I have goosebumps from that. Oh my god! And then I did it again at, at the O'Neill ones uh, at Sweeney because Sweeney was on Broadway at the same time. And I left with a signed cast poster and Michael Servers' guitar pick. Like, oh my god! I know because I was just like, I just want to see backstage and people, <laughs> literally, and because I'm friends with Lauren Molina and right. she's a guest on a, a guest on Dear Multi Infinite. Um, I told her I was like, who was the woman? that showed me backstage and I described her and because I remember when the door person brought me backstage there was a dresser that was walking by with a basket Mm -hmm. and the door person goes can you show Michael around and she dropped the basket and was like absolutely and just like brought me around and years later I was like who was that she had long whitish gray hair she was a dresser and she goes her name was Patty and I was like, well, thank for thank God for Patty because for I'm, Patty. Yeah, yeah, she literally like, gave me Michael Servers his guitar pick. <laughs> I, that's amazing. I guess you don't realize in today's world, and I say today's world even as far back as three, four years ago, where like I can't imagine something like that happening. I know in this in these sort of last three or four years where you know going. That's why it got me goosebumps <sighs> I know. when you said that because can you imagine knocking on a door today? You know, even pre-COVID and knocking on a stage door saying I'm gonna you know that would be like get out of here, kid. Like yeah. what? Like you can't you know because they're so so. I think that that is special. But you said you asked, and look at that. I mean, you got that opportunity. and I think it's know. also because Broadway is a lot more um, accessible for the fan now. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's still very expensive. It I'm is. not talking about accessible financially. No, right. But for the fan, I mean, Broadway is all over TikTok. Broadway is all over Instagram. Broadway yes. is all over social media. Playbill and Broadway World and these these um, news sources they they produce so much content to bring Broadway into your the palm of your hand right which is great and I mean Broadway podcast network mm-hmm. you know look at the podcast on that and with live with right like all of these different shows and um that you can get for free you yeah. know that you can listen to for free is astounding and amazing we did not have that back then I was on a wicked fan board mm-hmm. I was I fly with Elfie and that was how we got Broadway from other states. Yeah. And, like, as a gay guy, as a gay kid, I was, like, loving the pictures of Broadway bears. You know oh, what I mean? Yes, like, I was like, oh, my God, Broadway bears. Oh, so, oh. of course. Well, yes, of course. And then I got to photograph one year, which was really oh, cool. God. But never again. <laughs> that night is so intense. I bet. I bet. It's a really cool night, though. Like, it's, like, you and it, – because it, it's Broadway Cares, it's – it's it's you're donating your time. Right. Um. So it's you and, like, seven other photographers. When I did it, it was, like, Billy B and Evan Zimmerman and – uh, I can't remember who else was there, but we all – and it was at the Manhattan Ballroom, I think, oh, that year. yes, yes. And we all were stationed in different places in the space and literally like what you have to do, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you're shooting both shows and you have to get the edits to them basically as soon as you get home. So I'm uploading like thousands of frames and then going through all of them and editing them. Wow. Uh, and I think 
I and like really editing them, like mm-hmm. not just like a general brightness, like really editing them. And like I think I went to bed at five a.m. that morning. Oh my! Yeah, God. it was it was a crazy crazy night, but exhilarating and cool yeah. because the show is amazing. And, it's and like what they end concert. up only using like one photo? Like, yeah, they basically thousands? because it, because it's seven photographers right. at once. They basically wind up using like three or four from each photographer. Oh yeah. So wow. you're just like cool, 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 and like <laughs> nailing it. But it was an amazing experience, and I have some really oh, great images. I mean, um, that's incredible. That that's really awesome. It was a cool time. It is. It is, and that's that's. How you how you do it? I mean, but because of these, you know, these the Broadway is so accessible now, yes. and I don't think um, the, those moments will happen where someone's knocking no. on a door because Broadway can't exist exactly because accessibility does exist. Yes. People can, and hopefully they, hopefully the actors establish the boundaries and the fans respect the boundaries. Exactly. Which I know of many stories where that hasn't happened. Oh, yeah. Um, I think uh, those those moments where, you know, I got in backstage because I asked. I don't know how much that exists anymore just because Broadway is so accessible nowadays. And and it is so accessible. And that's also one of the reasons why I, you know, really I created this show. And if, if, you know look at my show I mean you could come and see your favorite person mm-hmm. and be able afterwards to meet them or you may not even be in New York City but like oh my right. gosh I got to see and I'm like making this up but be like I hope she does come on the show like oh my god I got to see Eden Espinosa perform mm-hmm. like a song from her album that she's never done and I'm watching her oh my gosh I've never seen her this close before and you know then maybe you know you, you shoot her a message after and you're like hey I saw like it's it, and it's just it's like oh my god she wrote back to me or you know you go to the show and you see someone you like or hey I've been following you and there's that connection that happens and accessibility I think is huge and it's very important and you know I as growing up I've had my own experiences too we're trying to experience Broadway and I mm-hmm. think you're right we're in a stage now where accessibility is huge and there's so many different variations to it you know tiktok and online and everything that being able to that i think is what the fan really looks at the most is they want to feel loved and accessible Mm -hmm. be able to be have that be accessible and yeah sometimes it's expensive but when you can be that accessible and go to let's say that broadway con or stuff it accessibility matters and for me that's why i did this show because i want to have people to be able to have that fan experience but to be able to say like oh my gosh, you know, I got to experience this and, you know, it's all about accessibility. I agree. Ryan, you're amazing. Um, Where can we find on social media and what's coming up in your life that we need to see and be a part of? Yes. Well, you can keep up with me. Uh, You can, of course, go to my general website, uh, www.rythenewsguy.com. That's Rye with an E, like Liza with a Z, as I like to cleverly (laughs) say. And I'm on social media at Rye underscore Myers. That's R-Y-E underscore Myers on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm very active on Instagram, on TikTok. And, uh, you know, I always respond, so please reach out and you can subscribe to me on YouTube. As far as what's coming up, I've got a lot in the works. Uh, mark your calendars every Thursday night at 7.30 if you are around. The beautiful thing is it doesn't have to be right at 7.30. You can come between 7.30 and 8.30. But come to Live with Ryan Friends on Broadway these next few weeks. You know, I have um, Danny Quadrino from mm, Wicked and Newsies yes. and Charlie the Chocolate Factory on coming up on March 10th. And uh, Mia uh, Pinero, uh, Pinero on March 24th. Next week is a fan appreciation week, so I'm honoring some fans who come to the show every week. And next week is sponsored by The Play That Goes Wrong. Mm -hmm. So keep up with me with that. Also, the show that 
I produced this summer. It was a song cycle called The Parts I Keep Inside. Now a full book musical is going to this next steps, uh, written by Jeffrey Schmelkin and I'm lead producing. And there's so many good things that I you know, can't say too much, but that it's going to the next step. And we are, you know, the eventual aiming for an off-Broadway run in hopefully the near future, but lots happening. So please keep up with me. And I always love hearing from people both old and new and people I haven't heard from and I want to be able to help you any way I can so you know please do not hesitate to reach out to me thanks so much Rai you're amazing thank you Michael for having me it means the world and you are just as amazing and then some now get home safe thank you my dear (laughs) (laughs) now leave my studio (laughs) get out of here Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.